Hey, what's up, guys? Week 5 of the Big 12 football season is in the books. Conference play is finally here. I'm Pete Mundo. It is great to be with you, as always, as we get another reaction show underway. And what a week it was. This is how the Big 12 is going to be. We had three underdogs this week win outright in the Big 12. TCU beating Oklahoma. We had Kansas beating Iowa State. And then Oklahoma State beating Baylor. Of the five games in the league, three, the underdog won outright. That tells you all you need to know about the Big 12 this season, what this league is all about, and how great the rest of the season is going to be in the Big 12 Conference. So appreciate you being here. If you're on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to us on YouTube. If you're on the podcast, Subscribe, rate, review. We've got those koozies for you on the podcast when you leave me a rating and a review on iTunes. And then send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. And on Facebook, share, share, share. That way we reach even more Big 12 fans than we already do, and that's in the millions now each and every month. Between the site, video, audio, thank you, thank you, thank you for you being a part of that. We've got no big conglomerate behind us. It's you, it's me. Nobody else. That's how we've gotten this thing done and built this thing up from the ground up. So uh, let's start in order here of the games. There were two 11 a.m. games on Saturday. Which one should we talk about first? Do we want to go down the rabbit hole that was, yeah, let's do it, TCU smoking Oklahoma. You know, Oklahoma started off 0-2 in Big 12 play two years ago. You may recall. It was the COVID year, and OU lost to K-State and Iowa State to start Big 12 play. Now we know how that season ended. Oklahoma went on to win the Big 12 championship that year. They beat Iowa State in the title game. But that feels a lot different than this feels right now if you're an Oklahoma fan. You know, those two games you lost by a combined 11 points to K-State and Iowa State. You lost to TCU by 31 points on Saturday. And it wasn't close It was not close. It was ugly. I know there were injuries as well. Dylan Gabriel took a hit. You can have an opinion on that either way. Dirty, not dirty, doesn't matter. A lot of guys got injured. We know that. But even before Dylan Gabriel got injured, it would not have mattered. TCU was going to win this game. It was not going to be all that close. Maybe instead of 31 points, it would have been 21 points. But TCU was rolling in this one. And the Oklahoma Sooners had no answers, none whatsoever. The penalties were ugly. Oh, hold on one sec. Sorry, I thought I uh, just saw Woody Washington get another penalty for Oklahoma, the cornerback. He got smoked all day. Seven penalties, 80 yards. Like TCU just gouged the Sooners. 668 total yards on the day. Max Duggan's out there looking like Patrick Mahomes, for goodness sakes. Oh, my goodness. 7 of 14 on third downs, 9 yards per pass, nearly 9 yards per rush. TCU had 361 rushing yards on the afternoon. Now, the reason I like TCU to cover the spread in this game, which I did pick them to do, is because I thought Kendra Miller would have a big game. He ended up with 136 rushing yards and two scores uh, to lead the way in that department for the Horn Frogs. And Max Duggan tossing three touchdowns over 300 yards himself. Uh, he was very effective as well. And I think TCU's a really good team. Do I think they're as good as they looked yesterday? No. 
I think Oklahoma's got that many issues to figure out and to work through. And that's why this does not feel like last year's 0-2 start. I'm not going to say it feels like the 0-2 start in 1998 with John Blake the last time. OU was 0-2 to start Big 12 play. They finished 5-6 and six that year. I think OU figure this, figures this thing out. I think they're in very good hands still in Brent Venables. I'm not concerned about Brent Venables at all or any issues there. But this is not two years ago. Dylan Gabriel, for a second straight week, looks like he is in over his head at times against Big 12 defenses. This is not the AAC. He is jittery. He is uncomfortable. He is shaky at times. He is missing passes. Uh, you know, and maybe this all ties back to the expectations we all had for the Sooners before the season started. You know, and I now I warned, I said, hey, I don't think they're going to just pick up where they left off with Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams and Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts and Baker Mayfield and all these guys. There has to be a step back because of how incredible that offensive system was running. Did I think it'd be this kind of a step back based on what I've seen through the first two weeks? No, I, I didn't see this part coming. I will totally admit that. I did not think the struggles out of the gates would be this much for the OU offense. There's plenty of time to figure it out. Dylan Gabriel has a lot of talent, but he has looked at times. He's had that kind of deer in the headlights look to him. And Oklahoma did lose an enormous amount of key pieces from the team, transfer portal and everything else. So um, Oklahoma still has the talent to compete with anybody in this league because of how close this league is top to bottom. But are they head and shoulders above the rest of the Big 12? No, they're just right in the thick of things. But they are 0-2, and in the Big 12 this season, you know, you look at how this conference is going to shake up. 7-2 and two will probably get you into a conference championship game, and last place might be something like 3-6 and six in conference play. That's how, that's how competitive this league is going to continue to be. So it is going to be a heck of a ride. But Oklahoma, I mean, there are a lot of issues there to figure out. And you think about Texas on deck. Texas looked better. Now, I don't know what I'm getting week to week with Texas, but, you know, Texas looked better against West Virginia. Then all of a sudden, you've got Kansas the following week at home. That's not a layup. Then you go to Ames. Then you've got Baylor. I, you know, you've got four games in a row here where you can make a case that OU, I'm not going to say they lose four straight games or anything like that, but like they could be in a dogfight each of these next four games. That's just how this league is shaping up this season. And that's what makes it such a fun conference as well. But I saw some funny jokes on Twitter on Saturday night, and it was like, boy, I hope OU doesn't get caught looking ahead to Kansas before they play Texas this week. When's the last time we would have ever said something like that? Never, right? Absolutely never. Uh, next up, let's talk about the Kansas State-Texas Tech game. So K-State uh, won this game 37-28 over Texas Tech. And I'll tell you what, as I'm watching this game in the first half, I'm thinking to myself, hold, hold on a second. Kansas State feels like it should be up like 24 to 10. That second quarter was ugly for Kansas State, really ugly for the Wildcats. They got up 13-0 in the first quarter. They looked like they were going to run away with it. Tech puts up 10 points on the board in the second, and then K-State came out of that second quarter empty-handed. And did you hear Chris Kleiman? If you haven't seen it, uh, Chris Kleiman at the halftime interview with ESPN Plus, he goes, yeah, this team's got a nut up. 
And the video is up on heartlandcollegesports.com under the trending now section. I was cracking up. I'm like, did Chris Kleiman just tell his team to nut up on national TV? I mean, it was ESPN Plus, but still. And, and he says it with this dead straight face. It was absolutely hysterical because either he didn't care that he said it, he didn't realize that he said it. Now, I wasn't offended by it. I thought it was great. Chris Kleiman's a dude's dude. He's a guy's guy. But I was uh, laughing because when's the last time a coach said on TV to the interviewer that our team, my team needs to nut up? <laughs> oh, gosh. So that was Chris Kleiman at halftime. And his team, to his credit, did nut up at halftime. Uh, they rolled Texas Tech in the second half, 24-18. to And they end up with a 37-28 to win. Adrian Martinez had himself another whale of a game. 12 carries, 171 yards, and three touchdowns on the ground. This dude was on fire. Between him and Deuce Vaughn, just the two of them, just Deuce Vaughn and Adrian Martinez, the two guys rushed for 341 yards. Unbelievable. And Martinez, most importantly, again, no interceptions, you know, Okay through the air, 12 and 19, 116 yards, one touchdown pass. Didn't have the big mistake through the air. That's important as well. And, you know, I think if you're Kansas State, you look at this game and you say to yourself, okay, played a pretty clean game, won the turnover battle four to one. That was key in this one. And you come out with a win over a Texas Tech team that just came back to beat Texas last week. And you're two and oh in conference play, and you're right at the top of the Big 12 standings. I know the Tulane game is still going to chap you if you're a K-State fan because if you beat Tulane, you're probably in the top 15 this week, if we're being honest. And that's 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 how good uh, K-State has looked these last couple of weeks. And quietly, quietly as well. You know, Texas Tech, the problems I saw for Texas Tech were some of the problems I anticipated coming into this game, and that's protecting the quarterback. Donovan Smith didn't have a chance much of the day. K-State had six sacks, 10 tackles for loss, four quarterback hurries. I mean, they were all over the place. Khalil Duke, he had three sacks and three tackles for loss on the afternoon. Then then again, so did uh, Felix Anaduke Uzoma. So they both had big days for K-State. Uh, it was just that kind of day for the K-State front seven. And Texas Tech's offensive line, we knew that that was going to be the weak spot. Uh, It was. They only had 114 rushing yards. Now, they were playing from behind most of the day. But still, Donovan Smith, um, you know, the the stat line wouldn't lead you to believe that he struggled as much as he did. But he did struggle as much as he did. You're just not going to see it in the box score. Um, He was all over the place. And a lot of it wasn't his fault. He just didn't have time in this game. He didn't. Great to have you on Facebook Live. We're on YouTube as well. I'm Pete Mundo. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is my Big 12 website. Uh, owned and operated locally, independently. And we're reaching now millions of you Big 12 fans every month because you have spread the word on this show. Sharing our videos, liking them on YouTube, subscribing to our channels, the podcast, everything else. Thank you, thank you, thank you for doing that. So uh, next up, as we recap Week 5 in the Big 12. Let's do Oklahoma State beating Baylor on the road. The Pokes got their revenge from the Big 12 championship game last year. Now, I'm sure they still would trade in 
Yesterday's win for the Big 12 title game uh, last season when they came up half a yard short. But regardless, Oklahoma State after a bye week, you know, I, I thought this was a good team. I thought the secondary would be an issue. It was at times yesterday. But Oklahoma State suddenly looking like one of the class teams in the Big 12. I just And I, I knew they had the potential, but the non-conference slate just wasn't very good. So that's what led me to believe uh, what exactly is this team going to be. But Spencer Sanders, after throwing seven interceptions last year, seven against Baylor in two games, he only had one turnover. It was the one pick. And then, by the way, after he threw the interception on his next drive, he hooked up with, uh, I believe it was Braden Johnson, for a 49-yard bomb, set up the next touchdown, and Oklahoma State was off to a victory in this one. So got to hand it to the Cowboys that they were uh, very good on the road in Waco yesterday. And I thought early in the game, I thought that Baylor's offensive game plan was off. I thought that there were too many uh, rushes, not enough passing, knowing that the weakness was in uh, the secondary for Oklahoma State. I I mean, you know, especially, I mean, the safety was, uh, the safety, that was just a... (sighs) I mean, I know you're sitting there at the one-yard line. You just got to get out of the end zone. But you're going to have your running back who's five, six yards deep in the end zone trying to get it out of the end zone when the strongest part of the Oklahoma State team arguably is their defensive line, and you're trying to get the ball out of the end zone doing that. I, I, I mean, I know it's maybe 2020, hindsight's 2020, Monday morning quarterback and whatever you want to call it. But I didn't think that Baylor in that first half took enough shots downfield. I thought they were um, looking to establish the running game a little too much and more than was necessary at times. But all in all, you know, it was really Oklahoma State that looked outstanding for most of that game. They came in. They took care of business. That third quarter was wild. You know, Baylor had a great third quarter, but Oklahoma State – did not sit there and, and um, let it get to them, and they maintained their lead, and then they end up winning the game, 36-25. So Spencer Sanders, to me, uh, the story of the game, the game that he played, 20-29, 20 181 yards. The one touchdown and the one pick I mentioned. He rushed for a touchdown and 75 yards on the day. So overall, uh, very good showing, very good showing for Oklahoma State in a tough environment in Waco, although I saw some videos of Baylor fans apparently bailing early on the game. Like, they were losing, I get it, in the second half, but the game was, <clears throat> excuse me, far from out of reach. And they were emptying McLean Stadium. Ah, that's not a great look. Come on, Baylor fans. Come on. you got to be better than that. And you are better than that. I know that. So Baylor falls to three and two. They're now one and one in Big Twelve play. Oklahoma State is four and zero, and one and one, one and zero. Excuse me, in the Big Twelve after they had the week off last week. So that was uh, the first of the two thirty Central Time games. Then, then we get to the Kansas Jayhawks. The Kansas Jayhawks are five and zero as they beat Iowa State 14-11 to in Lawrence. The students rush the field. College game day is coming to Lawrence next week before the TCU game. Now, uh, if you told me before the game that Kansas would score 14 points, what would I tell you the final score would be? I would have said Iowa State 28, Kansas 14. 
I would have expected Kansas to lose by double digits if they only scored 14 points in this game. Give that defense, which has not been good. The defense has not been the strong suit of the Kansas football program. It's been all about the offense and Jalen Daniels. The defense picked up the offense this week, and that is what good teams do. When one unit's struggling, the other unit picks up the team and picks up the slack. And you saw a defensive performance by Kansas that you have not seen all season long. They were, statistically speaking, one of the worst defenses in the entire Big 12 coming into this game. And they end up, uh, you know, amazingly, Kansas actually got outgained by 100 yards, 313 to 213. But you know what? The defense did enough. The defense did enough when it came to turnovers. Uh, the defense did enough. You know, they won the turnover battle. That's what you like to see. They got key stops when you needed. And then let's be honest, too. Iowa State lost this game themselves. They lost it on special teams. And, you know, uh, Iowa State's a program that, uh, and that's the one thing that fans have kind of gotten on Matt Campbell for, not having a special teams coach. They finally got one this offseason, but didn't do a whole lot of good for him. Jace Gilbert was one of four on field goals. Two of his missed field goals hit the right upright. What are the odds of that? And the third one, which would have tied the game in the final minute of the fourth quarter, was not even close. It was wide left. It never had a chance. And that would have at least sent the game to overtime. And they were all within, I mean, they weren't chip shots, but they were all inside of 40 yards, as I recall. So it's not like he was missing 55 yarders here. I don't want to say there were chip shots, but they certainly were, were, were kicks that a D1 kicker should make. And he missed three of them. And Iowa State ends up losing the game as a result. Uh, they had a muff punt that Kansas recovered. It didn't lead to any points, but it really was just a bad day overall for that unit. Now, for Kansas, you've got uh, college game day coming to town this weekend. I have never been to a college game day. For those of you that know, um, I'm based in Kansas City, so I've got to figure out something to do to tie into this game. If if you are a Kansas fan. Uh, if you're going to be out there, let me know uh, what you've got planned. We'll maybe latch on to something happening out there in Lawrence this weekend. So just shoot me an email, Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, or of course, any social media platform. Find me there, hit me up, and let's see if we can put something really fun together for this weekend because it's going to be a hell of a scene in Lawrence. First time ever a college game day is going to Lawrence, Kansas. That is going to be wild. Absolutely wild. Uh, last game of the Big 12 we got to talk about here is, of course, Texas rolling West Virginia, 38-20. Now, you may look at the box score and say, oh, okay, 38-20. Well, Texas led this game 28-0, and before it was 28-0, uh, you know, then it was 35-7 after three quarters. This game was a blowout from the get-go. It was an embarrassment for Neil Brown who had an extra couple of days off after beating Virginia Tech to get ready for Texas, reigniting Big 12 play, and they completely flopped. This was a terrible performance for West Virginia. And it, it once again, has Neil Brown on this you know quasi-hot seat, if not the hot seat. Yeah, that Virginia Tech win was impressive, but gosh, you follow that up with this complete dud of a game? Like, I think Texas is good. We know they have a lot of talent, but 
They're not 35-7 good over JT Daniels, CJ Donaldson, and that front defensive line. They're not 28 nothing good in the second quarter. Turn off, you know, the TV or go, you know, take a bathroom break and you come back and Texas puts another 14 points on the board in the blink of an eye. They're not that good. They're not. Based on what West Virginia made them look like on uh, Saturday. So, yeah, I don't know. They had trick plays. They were working all over the field. Bijan Robinson had 100 yards. Hudson Card had 300 passing yards. I get all that. And, you know, kudos to them. But goodness gracious, they did not. They made Texas look incredible. And I think Texas is better than what we saw at the end of the Texas Tech game the week prior. But come on. That game is an indictment on Neil Brown and this coaching staff. These guys were not prepared. Uh, these guys were sloppy. They had four penalties for 48 yards when it mattered in the first half, and I think they ended the game with that number as well. It was just uh, disappointing all around for the Mountaineers, who now you look at Neil Brown. Neil Brown is 19-21 and 21 as head coach of West Virginia in his fourth year. He is 11-18 and 18 in the Big 12 without a signature win in his fourth year on the job. It's not a good sign at all. It's not a good sign. So uh, there you go. Week five is in the books. I'm Pete Mundo. Good to have you guys here. If you are Kansas fan, you're going to be out of game day tailgating. We may try to latch on to something with you. So once again, holler if you're a Kansas uh, faithful, Kansas football faithful fan, and reach out to me and let's see if we can get something going together. 5-0. and oh, How about that? Story of college football in the early season. Uh, please do, on the podcast, subscribe to the show, leave a rating, review, and then send me a screenshot of your rating and review for a free Heartland College Sports Koozie. It's my way of saying thank you for supporting this show. We're reaching now millions of Big 12 fans every month. And you may say, yeah, my rating doesn't matter, Pete. You don't need it. No, no, I'm serious. We do. It helps. And uh, every single one helps. That's why I'm sending you the koozie. I mean, I got hundreds of koozies sitting here that I'm sending out to you guys. If I... If it didn't help, I wouldn't waste my time doing it. But I want to thank you for taking your time out to do it. So I'm taking my time out to send you that free koozie. So thank you guys for doing that and being a part of the show. We appreciate you. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you soon here on heartlandcollegesports.com. Take care.